Hey, you're listening to the Built Different Podcast with James Mayhew and Kevin Wormwood. I'm James. I'm Kevin. And on this podcast, hey, we're going to talk with you about leading your business through the lens of integrity, dignity, and prosperity. And a company that's built different makes conscious, intentional, and consistent decisions around these principles. And that helps you attract and retain great people, develop leaders from within, and it ensures that you're serving your employees and customers with excellence every single day. So whether you lead a team of five, 500, or 5,000, and you desire to make a difference in the lives of others, hey, you're in the right place. Our goal is to help you stand out and be known for having a company that doesn't just say they're different, but is different by operating with integrity and treating everyone with dignity and creating a space where people prosper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back with us today here on the Built Different Podcast. It's me, Kevin Wormwood, joined with James Mayhew for another great episode. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll have some good content for you guys today and have a benefit for you and your business. In today's uh topic. We're going to probably have a series. Uh, okay. So we're going to put a couple of them together here and we're going to talk about some ways that you experience culture creep, not only in your organization, um, you know, short-term, but long-term culture creep. So uh, we're not going to say that these are any specific order. Okay. And we're not going to say that these are the only ones. Uh, we're just going to talk about some of the ones that bump out to us. And uh, we're hopefully going to give you some some ideas around some ways that you could resolve this in your organization. So we're going to start out with uh, with one of the first ones that jumped out to us is uh, when, when your organization promotes people into leadership roles without ensuring that they have the necessary tools and skills to lead well from day one, right? So you're already putting them into a position and they're going to be behind the eight ball, so to speak. Uh, so that's the ep- that's the episode for today. And uh, James, if you want to take it away real quick. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Ben. A great, great introduction today. I, I think this is a really important, a really important topic or series to talk about because when we have culture creep, uh, first of all, I hate that creep, right? It's it's the unintended, it's the accidental elements that lead to things not lining up quite the way we hoped they would. And I do a lot of work with fast growing companies. That's that's kind of a, a bread and butter uh, type of client for me. So this is really, really an, um, a common thing that we see. So when you promote somebody uh, from within, which is what a fast growing company almost always tries to do, right? It makes sense. We've got a great individual contributor. They, they knock it out of the park and we, we say, listen, just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be great, but we're going to move you into this elevated spot. You're going to be doing some management. You're going to have a team now. Uh, now this can happen in big companies as well. Uh, it doesn't have to be also fast growing, but we're what we're doing is we're not setting them up for success. In fact, oftentimes we're setting them up unintentionally to fail. And, and that's because if I've been a great individual contributor, Kevin, I, I don't know necessarily what I don't know, right? There's the, there's the things I know that I know. There's the things that I know that I don't know. And then there's the things I don't know that I don't know. And that's the danger. So yeah. for example, I can just take you back in my own life here. Uh, this happened to me. This is why this is relevant to me. And it was, it was troubling when I was failing at being a manager because I was not good at, at accountability. I was not good at giving feedback. You know what I was really good at, though? I was really good at, at giving freedom and autonomy to my team. Hey, you're doing great. I'm sure you'll come to me if you need anything, right? That's yeah. the kind of conversation yeah. that I would have. 
And that's frustrating to them because they needed to know that I was helping them get what they wanted, or maybe I wasn't giving them enough at times. So we, we just, this is one of those things where we put people into a spot because they've shown us ability and talent, but we don't set them up. Yeah, you you get into a trap, uh, if you will, from a from an organizational and a leadership standpoint, where you just assume individual performance equates to team success, mm, right? So I think right. about you think about even in a sports and and not to tie it into sports, but unfortunately for for uh, the reality is sports and life are similar, right? And right. people don't want to have that feeling, but it's the reality. Business life uh, all equates to sports. It's a team team function. So anyways, when you think about people like, I don't know that Michael Jordan would be a great head coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, nice guy, not, not a good coach. Uh, and, and that's just the reality. He, he did have some success later when he put people around him. Larry Bird, same thing. Larry Bird personally, probably not a great coach. Uh, but he had a great staff around him. Magic Johnson dabbled in coaching a little bit, wasn't successful. And and the point of that being, those are all individually great talents at basketball because of their hard work, right? Their vision, some some skill. I'm not going to say that they didn't have skill, but they also worked very hard at their profession. Just, just a little bit of talent to go with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, let's not say that Michael Jordan didn't have talent or Magic right, Johnson right. or Isaiah Thomas. Like they they were talented. Okay, that's yes, but they also worked feverishly hard at their profession. Uh, They had a dedication to it. Kobe Bryant, same thing, you know, a dedication to being a professional athlete and executing a hundred percent. So for them to coach somebody like me who may, may not have the athletic ability like they have, or, or maybe for whatever reason, I don't have the desire, the drive, all kinds of those things like that's, that's just different for them to deal with. Uh, you know, Magic Johnson can't explain to somebody how he knew this person over here in the corner was wide open, even though he didn't look like he just, <laughs> he just knows. I don't know. He just right. knows. Uh, and organizations sometimes think, well, hey, this person was successful in an individual role. Let's just put some people underneath them and they'll figure it out. You know, and then what happens, as you said earlier, you know, in cultural creep and what people don't understand is it's, it's a slow, methodical erosion of your culture. Uh, that's why it's called creep, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You don't you don't flip the switch on uh, on a Tuesday morning and find out that the culture's eroded just from some actions yesterday. Uh, it takes it takes a little bit of time. You put people in these leadership roles. They don't know how to lead people. They don't know how to train and develop. Uh, they don't know how to goal set, how to follow up, right? Um, and it, it really creates creates chaos. Uh, I I think of it this way too. If you draw. Uh, a line on a piece of paper and it's straight up and down, right? You and I can't deny that it's a perfect, uh, perfect straight line, north and south. And then we take a, a, a little bit of a one degree or a two degree turn on that and we draw another line, right? And now they intersect and then we do another line and now there's three, three lines and they're all off a little bit. That's cultural creep, right? And just kind of slowly mm. ticks like the second hand on a clock. Uh, and next thing you know, you're, you're, you're completely off course. Um, so, you know, having somebody ready to go is is a process of have you put them into situations to lead people, uh, to influence others uh, prior to being in that role? Or uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your organization, but do they have something in their past that's proven to you that they can lead people and develop talent? Right. So I don't think I don't think it has to be 
necessarily proven in your specific industry or your specific specific company, but is there things in their past that are indicative of of leadership and development of others and and being able to move um you know people in a in a singular direction? Yeah, and so then how do you know, right? If if you're the if you're overseeing the company or you you you're you know over the team and you've put somebody into that role, how do you know? Well, first of all, you find out, but you, you talk with them and you learn what their what their past experiences are, what their philosophy is. You, if you've been managing them for any amount of time, you understand what kind of feedback they like. Do they do they like to just get into the grit and find out how they want to improve? Do they need that um, affirmation? Do they need some praise and recognition? What's their style? Uh, if you don't know those things, uh, you're missing the boat. So you want to you wanna understand uh, who do you have in front of you? What have their past experiences taught them about leadership? Uh, it, because if you don't, it, you know, I always say this. It's like people learn how to give feedback based on how they receive feedback in their past. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, and that's just one piece of this of of one of these essential skills that it takes to be a good manager. So here, here it is, Kevin. If you've been a manager in my past and you were an influential piece of my style, okay, and maybe it was because I didn't like you or I did like you, it could go either way. I'm either going to go, hey, that's the way you do it that worked, or I'm going to go man, that was the worst possible way to do it. You swing it all the way the other way. And because Kevin was always a hard, hard ass on me, now I'm going to be softer on my people. And it, you know, I don't ever want them to feel how I felt. That's a way sh- this culture shifts. And, and so much of this, guys, Kevin, I think your analogy of like the, the second hand or these, these lines and how it shifts, it, it is something that happens uh, consistently over time. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up one day and you're like, man, how did we get here? Yeah. And it's because there's been these little shifts, every little change, every little shift in a, you know, a decision to put somebody in a, into a, a leadership role, a management role, or every dynamic that you change about reorganizing a team or, or an entire department, that's going to change communication. It's going to change leadership. It's going to change decision-making. And every one of those then causes these little secondhand ticks to start to really accumulate. Yeah, here's the nuts and bolts of that. Uh, whether or not people love to hear it or not, it's it's the reality that consistency uh, in culture creep and success is the exact same thing. It's consistency. So it's right. a consistent behavior. Uh, and it's unfortunately, it's intentional. Whether or not you're paying attention to it or not, you're either intentionally... Uh, growing your culture and improving your culture and keeping a pulse on it, or you're intentionally not. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's and it's so the true. consistent, it's the consistent act of that. If you don't care about it today and you don't care about it tomorrow, you've created consistency and oh, you're can, also not going to care about it Wednesday. I, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, and I think again, this, this is a lot to do with, there's a lot of busyness in companies. You know, I talk about this all the time, probably most every podcast I'll bring this up. And uh, if you're a leader and you say to yourself, or you have this belief that there isn't time right now to do that, I'll do that later. Let's get Kevin. Let's put Kevin in that spot. Hey, and I'll work with him over the next couple of weeks or the next couple months to help him, you know, be great. Good intentions that aren't followed with thorough action, they don't land, right? So suddenly you're in there and you're in your new role. And uh, 
I, I've got all the things that I've got to work on too. And well, Kevin, I put you in that role to free up some of the time. And if I have to teach and train you now to do that, well, I know I said well, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like there's and this, <laughs> and, and Kevin, there's good intended people, well-intended people. And I mean, people that I know, like, and trust that have actually, I've seen do that before. I have done that before and never meant to do it. And this is what I mean by accidental accidental elements that cause this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what you what you said is great, right? You don't put people in a role to suck on purpose, but it does happen. <laughs> right. um, you know, you, you put them into a role and, you know, think things, you don't develop them the way there's a lot of assumptions made. I, you know, I assume they knew this or they assumed I knew that or, uh, you know, I think about two large organizations that that I've worked in, and I can't think of any kind of developmental program that they really had. Honestly, uh, there was no set, clear development way for you to progress through the organization. Okay, mm. and and um, it wasn't intentional, I guess, as well, right? So there was no way. There was for lower levels in the organization. There was kind of a loose way for you to advance and 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 grow in the organization but once you got into that mid senior level there was no real way a clear path it was more of a you know a popularity thing like hey you know we kind of like this person and and you know we think they'll do a good job and you know man they 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 like to have some beers with us to tell stories so we're going to promote them right uh another organization i was in it was like well hey you need to find open roles in the organization and tell us you're interested mm Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I need to actively be looking for a job. Basically, it's what you're saying. I need to be in this organization performing at a high level. And then I also need to be one foot out the door looking for my next talk opportunity. About, talk about mixed signals. How, how does yeah, that land? Now, now, listen, let's just be clear, too. They weren't saying they weren't saying for you to look for a job outside of the organization. They were saying to this this person, hey, you need to look for internal job opportunities in this organization. Right. There's multiple options that you could go work somewhere else in in this larger umbrella. But you need to be looking at those and then telling us that this is something you'd be interested in. And it's like, man, that's that's just mind blowing to me. You see somebody that's talented and you're not actively trying to align that with a need um, or, or even just expand upon their skill set. Yeah, they're naturally talented at this or, or they're performing well in this. Let's continue to build on that and see where it aligns. Right. But, uh, organizations aren't starting off with the end in mind, right? We need, Very true. we need somebody, uh, you know, to do these roles, right. You need a, a vice president of sales. You need a vice president of operations or, you know, whatever, right. Your org chart is your org chart. And those are roles that you have. Are you consistently looking at, you know, the the bench, if you will, the talent that you have in the organization and saying, hey, is this somebody that could be in that role in three, four, five years? And if so, how do we get them there? You know, where's mm-hmm. their gaps? Where's their strengths? Hey, these are their strengths. And this is why we kind of feel like, man, they might be pretty good at this. Uh, they could be a director of HR, right? Uh, somebody like yourself, James, they're like, man, James is a sharp kid. He could be a director of HR. All right. Well, what strengths does he have now that we could build upon, right? And keep kind of developing him. And then where's his gaps? What things would we need to see from him to feel comfortable to put him in that role three, four, five years from now if something were to happen? Uh, and listen, nobody knows the time frame, right? And this is where organizations, I think, get it wrong is 
and, and, and it's just my opinion, I guess. So, uh, take it with a grain of salt, but it's not intentional. Okay. So I don't know if in three years I'm going to have a director of HR opening and the, and the time frame is irrelevant. It could be 12 months from now. That doesn't mean that I need to say, Hey, uh, 12 months from now, I want to get rid of the person that's doing it. No, what it means is I want to make sure that I have somebody that's prepared if the opportunity comes. I don't want the opportunity to come necessarily, but if an opportunity were to present itself where we expand, we grow, uh, you know, for whatever reason, somebody decides to retire or move or do whatever, right? Things happen. Life happens. Did we put ourselves in a position to be successful and move forward? Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was thinking about pulling together what you were just saying there. And as you were, as you were speaking, I pulled up a, um, a bit of research that I have from uh, pre-pandemic areas. So this is like 2018, I believe. Uh, and this is, uh, I can't cite the source on this because this is like a little image clip, but it says only 13% of companies say they do an excellent job developing leaders at all levels. Only 13%. Yeah. And and then the headline of this, it says the most successful companies don't recruit leaders, they grow their own. Oh, I hundred percent agree. And this has been experience that I've had too. Like we can, we can teach when we've got somebody inside and if they understand who we are and what we're all about, they understand where we're going and they've got this proven track record. They've already, people trust them and like them, respect them. This is good. But this goes on to say a leadership shortage is one of the biggest barriers to growth at companies around the world. In fact, developing new leaders is the number one talent challenge in challenge facing organizations worldwide with 86% of companies rating it as urgent or important. And it says skilled leaders are often in short supply with 85% of executives not confident in their leadership pipelines. So that's, I'm going to tie that back to culture creep and what you were saying. If, if we don't have leaders who are good at creating or developing leaders who know how to develop leaders, like it has to go to that third level. So if you are really good at developing me as a leader, but it ends there and I don't know, you haven't done your job and I haven't done my job. Because the next job is that I then take that and put that into place. And that means that we're, we're either creating development paths, we've got a mentoring program, we're teaching and training. Hey, this is how we do stuff here. And, and it has to be also directionally based and not destination based. So the difference there is that, uh, let's say you and I create this beautiful plan and it's, uh, we've been using it for the past five years and here's the start point and here's the end point. And boy, when you're done, you get through this course here, boy, you are going to be the best leader ever. You know, this we've, we've proven this time and time again, that's a destination mindset. Here's what happens. Uh, the market shifts, technology changes, the company goes a little different. Uh, there's a change in leadership. We have an acquisition. We have a, you know, all these things start to impact this. So our little program that we've put together becomes destination or it's destination based and it doesn't shift with the time. So now what we want to do is we got to figure out how to be directional. What's the things that we're going to continue to invest so that once I'm done with this, um, you know, I get this little certificate or, or whatever, this little sheet of paper that says, Hey James, great job. You, you went through this and you know stuff now. Well then what? Like one of the biggest learning parts for me in my business has been if I come in and I'm hired to do training, somebody wants to bring me in for a day or two, let's say, and we're going to train on communication and behavior studies. This is one of the biggest things that I do. I have found that if there isn't um, 
early on, there wasn't a follow-up plan, right? So I would follow up with the person that hired me. Hey, how is that? How's that going? Uh, four weeks later, six weeks later, whatever it is, maybe it's only two weeks. And they're saying, yeah, we haven't had a chance to get to that yet. I'm like, dang, because now what I have brought them was good stuff, but they only retained a small percent and there's no accountability loop for it. So we started to build that in to say, if you're going to work with me, uh, there's going to be work that happens after this to ensure that those things start to stick because we can't have these gaps. We can't have knowledge gaps like that. And we have to be directional in our thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, the intent of growth, I think, you know, when I, when I look at, a development program for somebody in a leadership position, right? And I think for me, uh, you think about some some common gaps, right, in your organization, especially uh, if you've been with the organization for a long time. It, it goes back to something that I was fortunate enough to think about when I was early on in leadership and, and I was trying to develop consistent talent, right, and have a consistent pipeline. Um, I started looking at uh, um, a lower management level role and some of the gaps that we had in the organization and, and how, uh, when I would receive somebody into that title, uh, from another, from a, from another location, some of the gaps they'd have. Right. And some of the things that I was like, man, I wish they understood this better. I think they, you know, we, we should have had this candidate prepared. Right. So I started developing, if you will, a hit list for things that I was going to ensure that the people that I developed and trained were, we're cognizant of and, and we're very efficient at efficient and effective. Uh, and then I developed that over time. It took me probably a year and a half or so to develop a, a core of about 15, 20 things, right. With a game plan of six months. And I remember having this, this conversation with uh, a higher, higher level leader. And they're like, Hey, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, that program basically that you have. And I said, listen, I can't guarantee that these people at the end of six months are going to be extremely successful leaders for us. I, I can't guarantee that, but I can tell you they're going to be equipped uh, and ready to hit the ground at that six months mark. Um, and I can also tell you that we're headed in the right direction, right? So my yeah. goal is, my goal is at the six month mark that you know if something crazy were to happen and we needed to put this person in a higher level leadership role, that they have a decent foundation, maybe not everything they need, but they have a decent understanding of what's going on and, and could continue to move forward. Right. Um, but I also, I'm going to be able to tell you, yes, they're on the path or this is not the person we should continue to invest our time and energy in right now. Right. Uh, and both of those things are important steps For in sure. the process. Right. And I don't think he was a believer at first, uh, but after a few people were promoted and successful, I think he started to understand that there, uh, you know, there's definitely some value to that, right? Being intentional about what you're looking for, what gaps are you trying to fill? Where's our, where's our inconsistencies and how can we create some consistency? So I think, um, you know, for me, so we, we've kind of touched on culture creep, right? And putting people into a position where they're not ready to be effective from day one. And, and I don't want people to confuse this too. I, I think, uh, at least for me, and, and you certainly correct me if, if you think I'm off base here, but I don't think the parallel though, just to be clear, is leadership skill versus industry knowledge and those things. I think those two things are completely separate to me. If you have somebody that can lead people, develop people, right, can can rally people around a cause and deliver results, right, create a strategic plan, those things are all completely different than understanding the nuts and bolts of an industry, right? So there are some there are some values in 
uh, and I don't remember if this was a you and I conversation or if this was somebody else I was talking to about, you know, company vernacular. Actually, it was it was a different person I was talking to, but we were talking about company lingo, right? And different uh, different companies, same industry. Right? So they worked in the same industry and they went from one organization to another. And I actually had a similar experience. And you go into this other organization and they got their own vernacular, their own, their own little phrases and uh, their own little abbreviations and all that stuff. And they look at you like you're from Sweden or something because you don't understand what what this three letter you know, little thing is for their organization. And then once they explain it to you, um, you're like, oh, yeah, we used to call that, you know, this or whatever. Right. And there's there's some parallels there. But I think, you know, to touch on this, and it's it's a it's an overarching problem with organizations is a fundamental lack of consistent development and training. Um, that's that's my take. When I see some of these uh, organizations looking to hire, it's like they really want to hire from an industry specific, uh, you know, somebody that's got 15 years experience and basically they don't have to train them. They just give them an employee number and, you know, they keep rolling. And that's that's not necessarily... I guess it's realistic. Like you can fill roles that way, but that's where you're going to start to see culture creep in my opinion, right? Because I'm tiring this person in to do the job the way they've been taught with their organization that may not have the same values and, and beliefs and processes that I have. Well, Kevin, as we, as we wind it down, you know, you just reminded me of integrity, dignity, and prosperity, which is what this whole thing is about. And so if, uh, if we are not true to our culture, mm-hmm. that is a gap of integrity. That is not being authentic to who we want to be. That is that is allowing things to shift that are within our control to not shift. And I'm talking about in a negative way. And if I am not setting you up for success, that is a gap in dignity. Uh, and all of that ties back to then prosperity, not just for you and I, but for every person in the team, every person across the company, because we're going to miss opportunities to uh, do something special or important or make those changes uh, th- that lead to you know increased profits, et cetera. Uh, this is not fluffy stuff. This is very real. And yeah. it, is a, it is something that I continue to see being misunderstood. Um, especially, especially in these companies that are having explosive growth. Yeah. So I think, you know, to to button it up here, you know, obviously at the end of the day, we hope people listen to these podcasts and they take some value from it, right? Right. And they they get it, they get some process. Uh, So I think for me, there's, there's three things that we would ask uh, of you to get from this podcast. One, we're going to give you some action steps, right? What are some things that you could do uh, to be proactive in this uh, in your organization, right? And then number two is uh, the same as it is in every podcast. You can reach out to James and I. We'd love to try and help you through your organization. Uh, number three would be we want you to to like and share this podcast with somebody that you think may get some value from it. So let's go back to number one here. What are some things that I could do proactively in my organization uh, to help alleviate putting people in a in a position of leadership role that's not ready to lead from day one, right? That's a long winded thing, but to me, it would be right now, uh, you could stop listening to this podcast at the end. Don't stop now, but stop at the end um, and identify three or four people in your organization that you see a future with. 
you say, gosh, this person, maybe maybe they are performing at a high level. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I don't want anybody to think that we started this podcast off by saying people that perform at a high level can't lead. That's not the case at all. But just because somebody can perform at a high level does not equate to them being a great leader. So identify those three or four people that you say, man, James is it. I don't know 100% sure yet what James is going to do, but I, I love James's personality. He's just a great natured person. He does this, he does that. Like he's, he's performing at a high level. A lot of people look to James, right? There's so whatever it is, he's winsome. Uh, so I want to have James in my organization and I see him doing something. Okay. So you've identified those three or four, five people, whatever it is, depending on the size of your organization. Okay. And then start thinking, what are the strengths that they have? Who could I align them with? right? To work more on that strength. And then what are some gaps that they have and who could I align them with to work with those gaps? Uh, what things could you do intentionally to help them improve? That's just start with that. Just how could you get them to be a better performing employee, both personally and professionally? Where are some, where are some strengths and could I align them with somebody that has a gap and what are their gaps? And can I align them with somebody that that's a strength and continue to develop them? And then I think the other part for me would be have an intentional conversation with them about their future in the company and find out even what they're interested in. They may have some ideas of where they'd love to be and it may align with what you want to do. It may not. But I would start with those things, at least for me. Uh, I think those would be relevant steps uh, for an organization to take. James, I'd love to get your insights on it, but yeah, no, that's everything you said is great. It's like, man, I don't know how to contribute to this right now. That's really, really good. <laughs> so, so I'm going to take it just slightly different. I'm, I'm going to spin this and say, here's some things don't do, right? Don't look at a person as a, uh, that, that you just reach into your playbook and you just execute steps one through 10, right? That's the thing of, of the de difference between destination and direction. Don't just go to the playbook and, it's a formula to follow because people are not formulaic. So understand what they want, understand their style, understand how to motivate them, uh, know them well enough to know that, Hey, sometimes James needs a kick in the rear actually, mm -hmm. right? He, he doesn't always need that little hand on his shoulder to, to give him encouragement. Sometimes he's just, just needs that boost and, and, uh, go at it this way. So you got to understand people and know who's on your team that way. So, uh, put that together with Kevin, what you were saying is to, to analyze who's really great. And, and also, I guess that I would think back to that too, is if you haven't done the work to identify what your DNA of your company is, your culture, that's a really great place to start. So you start talking about what do our best people have? What's the qualities and the values and the traits that they bring to the table? And we want more of that. That's going to be very insightful to what your culture is all about. So if you haven't done that, that's a great activity to at least give you a, a better piece of like, uh, are we doing well in, the, in our hiring process, in our development process, in our leadership process? So Yeah. I think one more step that I would I would challenge uh, our listeners bonus, with bonus tip. A bo well, <laughs> hey, once I say it, you're going to tell me I don't know if that's a bonus word. Uh -oh, okay. I mean that might not be because <laughs> it's 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 going to be bad. But I think it, it is true. I had somebody that was uh, very influential in my life offer me this uh, tip when I would move around to org uh, different different stores and locations and stuff. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it's identify that person too, that, that is creating culture creep, identify that person and get proactive with them. Cause there is somebody on the team that's being detrimental to your organization and your culture. 
then you need to identify them and be proactive. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the X, uh, but it could be. And don't be afraid to do it because uh, not only do you need to be proactive in growing your organization in a positive manner, sometimes you have to grow your organization by getting rid of somebody that's a detriment. Yep, pruning. Uh, so, that, so yeah. So, I think you know. To me, those are two areas that I would I would really try and focus an organization right now, and that would be my challenge, uh, even in these economic uncertainties. Right? I think I'd really push an organization to look internally. Uh, you know, who do we have that we want to continue to have on the same same road with us, right? In the same boat rowing, and then what can I do to further develop them and and get them going? But then also, I would look at who do I have in the boat rowing with me right now that I'm not. Not a hundred percent sure they're the right. Player. Yeah, are they are they and, rowing against you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got nine people in the boat rowing, <laughs> and the other ones rowing backwards. They right. don't like this place, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So and and listen, that it could be, and this it, we're not going to get to it in this this podcast. It'll be something we'll talk about, I'm sure, later. But uh, and I I just want to preface though that just because you identify that person and you're going to be proactive, that does not mean termination. Okay, it may come to that. But I think it's also being mindful, being aware and understanding, are they, maybe they are in the wrong role. Okay. And this is going to tie back to what we just talked about. Maybe we developed this person, <laughs> quote unquote, we put this person in a leadership role and they weren't prepared. And now they're, they're, they're sinking. They're not swimming. Right. They're sinking. And maybe we were part of the problem. So identify who that is and see what things I had this conversation. I'll try and keep this real quick. This guy was running a bank, uh, had multiple locations, and him and I were talking about an employee issue he was having. And uh, I think uh, you know it was some time ago, so don't 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 quote me exactly on on the nuts and bolts of the conversation. But basically, he was struggling with the fact that this employee had been there like nine, ten months, uh, and just wasn't performing. It might have been longer; could have been eighteen months. Uh, irrelevant. Anyways, weren't performing at the level that that he deemed would be acceptable. And as we started talking through the scenario and the certain circumstance, basically what he had found out is the development program that they had in place had fell by the wayside. The employee wasn't being proactively developed and mentored and coached. And basically this employee, although they had been there 18 months, say, uh, they were, they were really replicating the first four weeks of employment. They just kept doing that over and over. That's all they knew. (laughs) They knew knew what they were supposed to do for the first four weeks, and they just kept replicating that over and over. And there was nothing along the way. There was no check-in. There was no accountability, no conversation, no nothing that was happening to create a different perspective. And he was like, man, I would have never really piece that together. He said, that's, that's kind of a fall by on us. He said, maybe, maybe this person, and, and that was a conversation we had. I was like, listen, you may find out this person may be salvageable. They, they may not be, maybe they are the wrong fit, but it sounds like there's some things that you guys had dropped the ball on that, that may exactly. have better aligned them. Right. There were some things internally you were doing that was actually causing that to happen. Yep. Yep. And that's Whoops. a, that's a really good segue to the next episode. When we, when we get into the next episode, we're going to talk about the framework or a lack of a framework around performance and goals and, and how does that create culture shift? And I think that's actually a really good uh, good example that you just shared there, Kevin. So, Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you guys a little snippet on how we're going to do that. But basically, a very successful way is you take a, a bunch of little sticky notes and you write random thoughts on it and you put them on a wall and just throw darts at it. That's really how you do Perfect. it. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> That's that how you good. do that. It's like 100% fun. the way, yeah, it's 100% the way you do it. So again, hopefully uh, from this, you, you've, you've 
glean some some information and we would challenge you to identify a couple key players in your organization uh, that you see a future with. Uh, again, don't hold yourself to it 100%. You know, this is a snapshot and moment. So who are those people and what things could we be intentional with in developing them to be stronger, to utilize their skill set now, right, to keep them engaged and plugged in and then minimize their weaknesses, right? How could we work on some of their gaps? Uh, the other challenge I would have for you is who is that person that's bringing us down uh, and what can we do with them? Let's let's do a little pulse check on that. Did we, did we miss the boat somewhere? Did we not develop clearly? Do we, you know, there could be some things there, right? So th- that would be my first challenge. The second challenge would be if, if that seems like it's too much, uh, if you've tried it and you just haven't had some clarity on it or haven't seen the results you'd like to see, uh, please contact James and myself. We'd love to, to work with your organization. No strings attached. Listen, we'd love to come in and just do an assessment and see what we can do to help you out. Uh, and then third, uh, and, and also equally important, please uh, share this podcast uh, with another person, friend, colleague that you think may benefit from not only this podcast, but listen, we're, we're going deep on a lot of things and we're helping people out in a lot of areas. And uh, we, at the end of the day, that's the impact we want to make. We want to make a positive impact on people in business. So uh, not only share this podcast, uh, but share all the podcasts uh, that we've, that James and I have done together uh, for an organizational benefit. That's, that's what I got to say. That's no, I got nothing to add to that. I take taking us out. We'll catch you next time. I'm James. I'm Kevin. There we go. (laughs) We'll get this figured out one of these days. (laughs) Well, well, listen, hey, we shoot from the hip sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But listen, no, hey, thanks for joining us on the Built Different Podcast. (laughs) 